Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is season four, episode one, Forza Motorsport. We're ringing in the new year with a, a bang or a thud, depending on how this episode goes. I am your host, Nate, and I am joined today by... Season four, Paulie Kroll. Oh my God, I've never met him. And... And Robbie, I've only ever done one before. One's a good number. Uh, we are gathered today to talk about Forza Motorsport, Turn 10's reboot of the Forza Motorsport franchise that launched in 2023, which is a full calendar year ago. Uh, but before we start, as usual, it's time for a question. What was your first car? Polly, do you want to go first? Sure. My first car was a gifted 1998 Chevy Metro was a manual transmission that has a cable clutch. Um, Ooh. No hydraulic clutch there. It's just pretty much a cable that uh, at one point broke, and I did have to um, tie back together to get home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, What did you tie it with? With cable. <laughs> Hold on. There was enough play in it to like tie it? <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, we, 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 we did it. It wasn't great, but we did it. Um, I actually learned how to drive manual on that car on my way to work. because so I had to get to work, and I had my brother-in-law show me how to drive manual, and then I did it. But it was really easy. I've driven quite a few manual cars since then. It was much easier on that one because, you know, uh, there was Because much. actually the link cable was totally broken and your shifting was doing nothing? Well, no, not necessarily. It's just there wasn't much power or acceleration <laughs> or movement in that car. Fair uh, I did end up totaling that when I crashed into a curb, actually pulling out of a bar in front of a cop. Um, <laughs> You're nervous. I, I bumped the curb and the, the axle broke. So that was fun. <laughs> I had the opposite wow. experience of learning manual. I learned on. So the first car I got technically was a gifted i don't know what year maybe 99 dodge van <laughs> Car what color? Grand, uh purple nice grand caravan <clears throat> it was the family uh van and then the kids got old enough and they didn't need a van anymore so it was given to me uh but the first car that i purchased myself was a 84 porsche 944 in manual and uh it was horrendous to learn to drive a manual on because the clutch was bad and the gears were failing and the shift linkage was going out and the second you put the clutch in the revs would just drop down to idle uh i i've driven newer cars and they're very very easy because they hold the revs for you and uh yeah you would put the clutch in on that porsche and it would just straight to idle if you didn't blip the throttle it was uh it was a good time what a blast yeah it was great um my first car was get that was gifted to me was a 2011 toyota corolla for graduating because my parents were like holy shit he did it they were like you can have a car you get to pick what it is so I went to the dealerships and I was going to get a Genesis coupe, but I was too chicken of rear wheel drive in the Colorado snow. And I went with a Corolla, which is probably the worst mistake I've ever made. Um, 
But the first car I bought was a 2016 Scion TC, which I still have, surprisingly. We'll see how many Massachusetts winters that thing lasts. I always wanted a Corolla because um, my last name is Kroll, and I wanted to get my license oh. plate to say Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could probably get someone to make you like custom, like, uh, you know, the like the br- the car model name mm-hmm. instead of Corolla said, you know, Corolla. Corolla. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. You I, could definitely do that. I mean, the best thing about owning one of those is when it was totaled, I got paid back 18000 and I only paid 21000 for it. Like, that's nuts. That And that was like, I think, let's see. Yeah, that was five years later, because just because the parts were so valuable. It's similar to my RAV4 experience. Interesting. Toyota's huh. value. Toyota's. Toyota's. Yeah. <laughs> that must be what it is. I don't think that's going to happen for the Scion. Or uh, as we, uh, what is it? What is the Toyota? The Toyota's called the Zelos, I think. The, I don't know. It's just a, because all the Scion cars were just Toyotas and other markets. So I think it was a Middle Eastern car named the Zelos. Speaking of being zealous about facts, I have some hot facts about Turn 10 Studios to dump on you guys. Beautiful. Um, So Turn 10 Studios is American. They're based in Redmond, Washington. They were founded in 2001 by disgruntled former Microsoft employees. I don't know if they were disgruntled. I always imagine um, Gabe Newell was more of a disgruntled ex-Microsoft employee than, than Dan and Ted. Ted Woolley and Dan Greenewalt, who I think are both still at the studio. Uh, They're best known for Forza Motorsport, obviously, uh, which is an installment. And I have a trivia question. Was Forza Motorsport a launch title for the original Xbox or not? I don't think it was. Well, you're very correct. And in fact, it came out four years later. Does that seem right? Yeah. That's crazy. I was tired of PGR by then. Okay. Because PGR was a launch title. I think so, yeah. Dude, these, um, all these questions are going over my head as never having an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> this game, Forza Motorsport, the reboot, was in development for six years, and it was kind of launched and pitched as the platform of the future for all things Forza, except for Horizon. So I guess not half things Forza. Something I've heard a lot in uh, both marketing videos as well as criticism videos is the repetition of built from the ground up <laughs> interesting it does not fully feel built from well i guess we'll, we'll get into it why don't why don't we get into talking about this game by talking about what forces we've played before robbie you're a a child educated by xbox live how many forces have you played i think i've played one two four and seven and now motorsport wow that's weird i think that's exactly what i've played as well <laughs> i wonder what the sales numbers look like uh polly what about you i think i played one of the forza games in a best buy demo kiosk <laughs> <laughs> any idea what year that was <laughs> uh, no i'm not sure i don't know i i like i said i didn't have any xboxes almost ever Eventually, I got an Xbox 360, like, surprisingly late, like, after my PlayStation 4. Um, I played some Horizon games. I was curious when you said most best known for Forza Motorsports, which that was written by AI, so I don't know if it's true or not, but 
They might be best Sneaking known for Forza Chat Horizon. GPT in here? Yeah, I think that's probably true. No, this is this is Google Duet AI. Oh my goodness. I'm on the beta. Um, <laughs> wait, are you paying for it? No. My work okay. is. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would have to imagine Horizon's player counts eclipse Forza's, even though Forza's been around for what? Four more games? The first few motorsports had pretty good numbers i think i mean there's a lot of younger folks that play video games now that might not have barely any experience with forza motorsport this could be their first experience with it where horizon has been pretty successful with the I, with the utes i think you're that's correct. true yeah i yeah i guess that's like a whole generation of gaming right six years without one yeah I, maybe we should explain what it is it is a simulation focused racing game series launching on the original xbox in 2005 uh you can tell how deep you are in the race here's, here's a fun little litmus test for you if you want to punch me or you stop playing the episode or you yelled out you're wrong then you know you're truly a sim fan and not a racing game fan which is a distinction maybe we'll get to in this episode i hold that people are pretentious and forza counts as a sim but i've heard uh simcade a lot recently in prepping for this episode i i really think that what people think is a sim racer is not is like completely detached from any objective quality and is totally about like like how bad the menus are i think is a key definition of what's a sim racer i think like how punishing this like there can't be a rewind system but like those aren't this this don't really have anything to do with the handling model but is that is that how beam and g got the sim designation because i think are that's horrible? exactly right yes but i'm kind of curious because you are i was surprised coming into this and i've i've smelled this attitude from you in the pet in the preparation from this uh, yes. i've gotten some sniffs and i've always <laughs> thought of you i think longtime listeners will know you're the racing game guy Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in getting into this, I'm feeling like you're not the sim racing guy. And I'm wondering if you have played any sim racing games. I don't really think so. What what really peeves <laughs> me about this conversation is a lot of, well, I don't know, Polly, you've gone deep into this fandom. I, I, I think I've heard a lot of people say Gran Turismo's are more simmy. I don't know. I don't, I'm not thinking so. Like probably I've probably heard that. But I don't want to make this just a competition PlayStation Xbox thing either. I think <laughs> Gran Turismo and Forza are more similar to each other than things like iRacing or Arsetto Corsa or Automobilista or any of our, what is it, our racing or something like that? Our, our factor. factor. Yeah, our factor. Um, and. I you said I'm getting deep into this. I just very recently started uh, playing around with the idea of sim racing. Um, I've only gotten uh, AMS two or Automobilista two because it had good VR support, and I have quite enjoyed what I the little I've played of that. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a topic that we get into because my experience from Forza was after starting up AMS two. Um, so I think that influenced a lot of my feelings on this game as well but i just i I think it's interesting i think you're right i think i'm a simcade guy yeah i i especially considering the games you really i've heard you really like like driving club and things like that Uh, Um, yes driving club 
Not no, and, and I don't want to think. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. I mean, I think that it's kind of a dead genre. Simcade or sim racing? I think. Well, we're. I feel like we're into the philosophical part of this episode, right? Like right off the beginning. Can we can we pull this back and talk about like what we what we felt while playing this? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm sure this topic will come back up. So, yeah, I think we so. could dance around I, it all you like. <laughs> I think we kind of need to explore it for me to understand my own feelings on it. So maybe we'll right. kind of build up to that. Um, I, I think for me, maybe okay, maybe I can actually do a segue. I think for me, the thing that draws me into a game, a racing game, the most is a career, and a meaningful sense of like. Uh, I think it's the one kind of game where all of my normal and academic bullshit appealing like opinions about how games are too addictive and engagement based kind of go out the window and I crave a checklist like racing games are my open world games. I think like I really like clunking through and, and this comes up in particular because I don't really like these games to be too difficult. Like I like them to be pretty mindless. Robbie pointed out that I was playing with the best line on in this game and I was like, Oh yeah, I've done that since forever. I, I don't like I I guess I really just turn my brain off when I'm playing these. Um, so with that kind of as a background for me, I started Forza uh, on launch day and was there is a career mode. So I was happy and then I beat all of it. And then I was like, that's it. Interesting. Did you guys engage with the career at all? Like, like, what were your first kind of steps into this, I guess? Um, I started with the career, and I had plans to beat everything. Um, what I really wanted to play was some of the higher... Uh, I forget what they're called. Like, the A-classes. I wanted to mm -hmm. make an A-class and do that, but then I found out that I had to, like, finish one or two before I could even go down to that series, and then I had to start at D, and... Yeah, um, yeah, you had to like. I think you have to start with E class and unlock everyone up to A, right? Yeah, and it was kind of a slog, and I kind of realized that it was just forcing me to race cars I didn't want to race on tracks I didn't want to race, and so I beat four of them and then never touched it again. Did you engage with the career at all, Polly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was very surprised because. Such, I mean, you couldn't not engage with the career because the game opens you up in the career and it forces you to do like three races before it lets me change my graphic settings, um, which was <laughs> quite a problem um, for me. That's awesome. Because <laughs> it didn't open in 4K, it opened in some weird resolution. I was like, and I had like an audio or a visual stuttering issue for every cutscene. So every time it does that same scene of your car starting off on the track, it was like, five frames per second just eh, eh, eh. it was so such a bad introduction i i really dislike it when games don't give you an option to do any settings things before just throwing you into the game and this game went hard on that route but once i uh was able to finally pull up stuff and get the the settings tuned in the game was running awesomely um 4k with uh the radion's um uprising or whatever i can't remember the name of it uh, fsr2 um like 90 frames per second running with ultra 
everything on, including ray tracing, um, 4K. It looked great. And then I jumped into the career mode again, a little excited after playing a little bit of uh, AMS2. And I was like really enjoying racing. And uh, I quickly sort of got the feeling that there wasn't a career mode. <laughs> um, because I didn't it realize seems that until like, like 100 hours in. <laughs> it seems like it's just the same thing over and over again. They're like, oh, here's a car. You can pick from five cars or whatever. And then you have to do a practice and a race. And, a pra- and it's just a whole bunch of circuits. There's not really anything other than an English guy that talks about maybe a little bit about the cars. There's no like actual actual like rivalry that I can tell of. It seems like the names, although they're stolen from your friends list, there's no like consistency between the circuits or anything like that. So it's really like you have to role play your ass off if you want to get into this career mode, I feel like. Because um, there's no like real goal other than buying more cars, which is just what you do when you're not in the career mode. <laughs> Right. Yes. And I'm really compulsive about all these games too. So like I had to do practice. I had to do all the goals every time. So it would have just taken me forever. And I probably could do that, but I just didn't really have the desire or drive to do it when I could be doing like something I'll talk about. The most fun I had was playing with friends in this. Um, It just, it's, I was very surprised by how light the career mode and most of the things in this game were yeah i um the one forza game that i engaged the most with i think was four that i beat everything in the career and i remember there being at least some kind of narrative like there was jeremy clarkson in that one right uh maybe and like a car soccer mode i read uh, i which... don't remember that if that's true shows that that game has a different level of personality altogether like the original presentation i feel like i thought i was going to get more out of it like i thought like okay it's going to show me this group of cars and it's going to talk about why they're related but it's just like a sentence that the english guy says at the beginning and then there's like no details about the cars and that's something i've always appreciated in gran turismo at the very least like i don't know shit about cars so like reading like shit about this stuff is interesting but the only thing you have options to hear is specs that's also another issue I have with uh, with this game, I guess. It's not very um, personal. It's They're, completely lifeless. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I, yeah. Um, like I was saying, there is they like took the time to craft at least a little bit of a narrative. Like they would write a few sentences about the the race series. They would also write about the cars. A little bit when you were upgrading them. I, I know they have those blurbs about what this upgrade is likely to do, but it went a little more in depth in the past. Um, one thing that I, I remember liking was when you would swap motors in older Forza games, it was very clear that they would take motors that were available from the same manufacturer and because they would write about it a little bit and they would have like the, I don't know, it's an inline four twin turbo or something like that. And you could be like, Oh, that's this motor from this car. But it seems like almost every motor swap that you can do in this game is kind of the same. 
It's like fully genericized, right? Oh, you not, think like most of them have the same not, options? No, not entirely, but they're very similar. Whereas <laughs> if you were trying to do a motor swap in a Toyota in a previous game, you could be like, oh, that's the super motor. Oh, that's the the uh, 1.2 liter Yamaha motor that they put in the Celica, which was really interesting. Uh, but in this game... They're all kind of the same. They're are you similar. telling me that it's not common for people to put a V12 in a Volkswagen Golf? There was that <laughs> option always, but now it's it's like they have the same three, is, and then maybe what is Lamborghini, one. but a V12 in a Golf? <laughs> Do they even make V12s anymore? I don't think so. Well, if anyone does, it's them. Don't they make W12s? No, that's a Volkswagen. Well, my whole joke was that Lamborghini is owned by Volkswagen. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I've i put together more of my feelings. So I started this game and my standards, I think, were very low in that I just wanted a Forza with a list of options to complete. And I didn't really realize that that was what I wanted. And I was very happy with that level of expectation because I do feel like this the physics engine here does feel like a big step up. It feels really good. It feels like Forza, but much more granular. The upgrades all do feel like they're having very specific concrete effects on the car. Um, I really liked that in previous, my impression of previous Forza and most Simcade type careers is that you start an event and you have to race that event with the car. Sometimes it's up to like two events or three events at most with the same car, and then it's on to some new car. So between the fact that the there's qualifying here by default, the event strings are longer, and the upgrade system, which we should talk about, like I felt that this game was kind of a step forward and actually a, like actually making you care about and invest in cars, like kind of like they were targeting. That's, I think that was kind of their goal with these things. Yeah, I think you, but, you you told me that they uh, they what's the word I'm looking for they they wanted us to or they expected us to live with a car for longer and feel it yes. be upgraded Form and a bond that, with your car. Oh, that's that's what the word was. <laughs> um, I think they did a pretty good job with that. I've taken um over a dozen now cars from stock to where I feel like i want them in in a performance rating like window and it really if you have the time and the patience it really gives you a chance to fine tune it and feel how you can change the car not just with upgrades but with tuning as well and i think they did a really good job i i just wish it was easier to tune i mean i I could be i could be in the wrong uh mode i I'm mostly focused on rivals. And so if I, let's say I'll run like 10 laps and notice that my suspension is too soft, I'm bottoming out and I need to change it a little bit. I'll have to end that session, start a new session and then tune it. And it's, it's kind of just like a few more steps than I want to do. Realistically, it doesn't take that long because the load times are pretty good, but I just wish I could do it lap to lap or even like take a pit stop and do it there that's yeah. totally reasonable maybe yeah. i'm in the wrong mode though 
There's a lot there for everything you guys just said. I mean, I think that that whole forming a bond with your car is interesting. It's a neat concept, but it's possible that that could be taking it too far for every single mode. Like, that's the only mode of the game is that like yeah. i would i would yeah. prefer like a custom tailored experience of what you're talking about for career mode where these yeah. cars are going to be interesting cars for you to upgrade and live with and everything like that you could still have yeah. a choice but it's a smaller pool but then when you want to go into multiplayer modes and things like that you have cars that you can just tune because you know it's your 50s bugatti or something like that like yeah, I mean, even if you kept the same structure now, it would go a long way to help with the bonding to have anything more than that one British guy giving you a vague intro to the series. Like, let's say, like if every if every series event makes you, or if every series makes you pick a car, they should have enough to like give you a some kind of meaningful speech about that car, its history, something. Give me like 10% of the Gran Turismo experience of someone nerding out about it there's yeah, just they, none of that they don't even need voice actors write a paragraph we're all nerds we're yeah, playing I, a freaking racing to, game i, I want to read, yeah, read read things remember gt4 sure. like a single line scroll at the bottom of the screen that you had to wait to read about these cars <laughs> i spent uh, honestly some of my best happiest life memories let alone gaming memories are sitting in gt4 and reading all of the like so much of what i know about cars and car history comes from menus honestly and, same and none of Forza has ever been good at that, in my opinion. Like Forza is a series that exudes kind of like an American nerd's passion for the mechanics of cars, but none none of the really like exuberant. I, I mean, it is some of the ones we missed, Robbie, are probably interesting. Having Jeremy Clarkson there, like I think is an attempt to sort of get at that. But to me, that just kind of felt like, hey, we're cool. And instead of like the really like unreserved, unabashed like nerd dumb about cars. And I think that that's like a big part of what makes cars cool. I, I think love of... Nate's Fonzie impersonation. Hey, I'm <laughs> Jeremy Claxon. I think one of the things that they did to like reach the community that worked really well was adding the top gear test track. I was super excited to race on that thing when it first got announced. Mm. It turned out to not be a very fun track, but it was, I was really excited to try it. <laughs> I mean, that that's something I was thinking about when you were talking about tuning your car, too, because, like, the tuning in this does feel substantial, um, even for somebody like me that's not as versed in that. But, I mean, they could have done quite a bit more. Like, why not have, like, a test car button right there while you're in the tuning, you know, and have, like, like it's a video game. You don't have to, like, load up on a track. You can load up in a fucking void and just see <laughs> yeah. how it feels, you know? Totally. Um and I didn't expect that, but just all I seem to be able to do for this game is think of improvements. So <laughs> I apologize. And it's, it's funny, too, because it's not like I genuinely dis, disenjoyed this game. I'm not going to say any more than that, but. <laughs> I've had a great time with it. It's, the multiplayer has gotten a little rough after the last few updates, which is strange. Like for me, it's actually gotten worse since update four, which is. I don't think what's supposed to have happened. Specifically, you mean the private multiplayer stability? Yes. We, we've crashed a lot trying to do that. Yep. Um, I guess we should talk from a, a little bit of a high level about like what is the process of playing Forza Motorsport. We've talked about the career. 
Um, we've talked a little bit about the the upgrade path to add some clarity on that. The instead of spending credits you earn in races on car upgrades, you actually spend points you earn leveling up the cars through like actually racing and driving them um, to upgrades. And there's no other way to get upgrades, which has been very controversial. And in the first patch, they actually rolled up the pace of earning those levels. I think that's cool, but I do see the validity of a lot of the complaints. Um, that's mainly for the, actually, that's not mainly for the career. You earn those in all modes of play and you can use those leveled up cars in multiplayer, which brings us to multiplayer. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Rami. The, the biggest argument that I saw that made the most sense to me for changing that was multiplayer. So like, uh, what's right now, the featured, um, the featured race is a Lancia Delta. And you have to use that car, and then the restriction is a 400 PI. When you first get into that car and drive it for the first time, it's like a 305 or something like that. It's pretty slow compared to a 400. And if you want to jump into that multiplayer queue or hopper and be competitive, you like it's a requirement that you spend some amount of time, maybe an hour or so, leveling up that car before you can even really compete in that multiplayer that's a good example yeah and i mean i think it's still about an hour of play now maybe not an hour with the car gets it pretty high but it previously it was you had to get to level 25 to unlock everything and i think it's about level 12 now so they cut it in half. Oh, that's right. They didn't change the pace of increasing your levels. They changed the level gates for unlocking parts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I have found that sometimes if you want to really fine-tune something, like maybe one class above, you may have all the points at, or you may have all the parts unlocked at level 12, but you still need to get to, like, maybe level 30 sometimes yeah. to have enough uh, car points to spend, which and is the fine. Max is 50. Yeah. Past which there's nothing. There's no prestige or whatever. No. How long would you say it takes to get a car to level 50 on average? To get to level 50? Um, so I suspect that there's no difference on how well or poorly you drive the car. It levels up at the same rate. This is your theory, yes. <laughs> you don't agree, but... I'm offended I, by it, but I've, it could be right. I have uh, almost 20 level 50 cars, and when you do a good sector it gives you a, a number of how many car points or no experience points you got for that i don't think that there's a difference and if there is it's very very like w whether you get a, a one on your segment score or a 10 it moves the bar about the same amount but but also like sort of what you're doing too like i found that in rivals you can level up cars much faster just because you're you can constantly just do laps as opposed to if you're doing career mode where you're like i guess you could just go into practice and just do maps but or laps but it just seems like you level up faster when you're just Definitely. repetitively driving around a, a car instead of going back to the menu i would have to say it probably takes two and a half to three and a half in-game racing hours to get a car to 50 Okay, I was going to say, you've played about 250 hours of this, and you have 20 cars, right? Obviously, yeah. you don't just level up the same cars, but we could assume that... I know. would also hope that he's not, as soon as he levels the car up to 50, he, oh, time to move on to a new car. He dumps that car. 
<laughs> I mean, sometimes. Well, that is, yeah. I do find that to be the case since there's no prestige or anything. It's kind of pointless to go past 50. And there's not further upgrades you can do. Well, I mean, that's not any different, but. So what are you upgrading it for? Uh, per, to get it to go around a lap faster. That's. Yeah. So th that's why I'm thinking that you would use the car after you level it up to go faster on the track instead of. Correct. Are, are you leveling? Are you. Are you leveling up these cars I'm because you're unlocking levels, car bro. parts? Um, or... Sometimes. The thing, the thing is you don't yes. really need to get to level 50. Like, okay, let's say you've got a that Lancia Delta. You're going to level it up. It's it starts as what, a D-class? It is a D C? to start, yeah. Yeah, Delta. like you're, you're, if you spend all your money, you'll probably get up, up to an A-class or maybe even an S-class. With... And that's what I did in early Forces. Like every car, the best it can be is the like thing, but... It's, realistically you probably don't want to go want more than one or two classes above so you don't really need all of those upgrade points to really get what you want out of it but it is fun like i do have some cars that they start as a e maybe and i've got it as an s or a p just because yeah. i put a v12 in it and it goes really fast in a straight line and can't turn at all that's fun definitely what's the like wasn't there like a tuck tuck in horizon you can like put the V12 in and like flip it end over end when you break too hard. That, that. That's great. A funny um, comparison that I'm forming in my brain here is Call of Duty. <laughs> go um, on. So in recent Call of Duties, they have kind of changed up the structure because previously you would have to level up every gun to unlock every attachment for that gun. And even the guns you don't like, you had to put time into so you could unlock all the attachments for it so then you could get the camo for it so then you could get the master camo for that class of guns and things like that. But what they've done over the last couple entries is kind of streamline that so now like you put points into guns and you unlock attachments that can be used on all guns, but then there's some specific guns that have specific attachments that you have to level up and things like that. So kind of similar to what Robbie's talking about where oh, this is a special engine for this car and it has history or something like that. That'd be something you need to race that car for. But if you just wanted to unlock the racing ex, uh, exhaust, you could unlock it for a car and now you have it for all, all cars or something like that. Or at least a class of cars would be more apt. I feel like there could be... There's multiple ways they could. Yeah. Unless it's it's praising it because that is the kind of design philosophy they have here. But I do think that it does... in it does stop progress for some of the fun multiplayer races that we could have. Um, we should talk about what multiplayer race options there are because there's they're great, but there's quite few. So at the main menu, you have career. And below that, you have multiplayer, I think, or is Rivals its own option? And then I think Rivals is underneath multiplayer. So in multiplayer, you have... Um, what the what what did the okay? Let's start with rivals. So you have rivals mode where you can, um, this is like a ghost lap thing where you set your fastest time and it pulls in ghosts of other people. And just every time you set a faster time, it pulls in a new ghost. If your friends have set a time on that track, it prefers your friends' time. So you'll I'll load in, I'll get a message that says Robbie beat my time on Suzuka, so I have to go freaking load in Suzuka and kick Robbie's ass again. That doesn't happen, um, by the way. It's true. The first part of that story happens. <laughs> yeah. So that's a really cool mode, and I think we've gotten a lot of longevity out of that. I have, for sure. 
There's private multiplayer where you can pick a game and host a basic race event with your friends and they can kind of follow you around race to race. And there are dedicated, relatively limited, like Forza specified, like rolling, uh, what do they call them? Not, are, are these the hoppers? These are the hoppers, right? The ones like the, the current P1 series. That's correct, yeah. And those are like, there's like four at a time series of classes of car based events that just tick over every few hours. I, I don't know. How would you describe hoppers? I think there's seven. Okay. And then you can and, always do the introductory one, which is yeah, really good. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of just like rotating like circuits or series or something like that. But there's only like six at a time. So there's whatever this update is, Forza's decided like six classes of cars, right? I think they bumped up the number with this update. They okay, added... So it was like four before that? Uh, so I, I forget how it breaks it down, but one section is by car class and the other section is by div- manufacturer division, I believe. Oh, so, so maybe there are just more than I'm aware of because so you there, usually host. Yeah, yeah. So there was three manufacturer divisions before the update. Now there's four, and there was two car class before, and now there's three. I, I, my takeaway from this after playing the multiplayer more is like, why is that how multiplayer is structured? That's a. To me, it feels like an oddly low variety of events, and you're supposed to tune back in every time they issue an update, so the ones change. But they don't have it's. It's not like they're making cutscenes or anything. Like they don't have to. They could change things on a. I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Well, they change weekly, and I think the answer to your okay. question of why is Gran Turismo because this is how Gran Turismo's multiplayer works. Okay. If you want to play multiplayer in Gran Turismo, this is what it looks like. What do other online racing games like? You've played iRacing for a bit. How does that work? Uh, iRacing has some of that. They have a car series, or they have a bunch of different ways to do it. But they, let's say, they have the Formula Mazda. Or that's not what it's called. Anyway, it's the in the introductory one where you can only race the racing Miatas, and mm-hmm. they'll cycle it through like eight to ten tracks. Um same it works the same way they start at like a certain time like there's one every half an hour or something like that and then you use the skill system to mash make it's similar it's really pretty similar okay. I, th- I think iRacing's um user base is a little higher though yeah i mean that's probably what it all comes down to huh yeah well but, i mean iRacing has a bunch of dead series too though so as in ones that are like retired after time or ones uh, that just don't just have players don't, don't see players yeah i think they kind of uh call those or they try to yeah, that but there sense. there there's so many on iRacing though that there are some just dead ones i guess i don't understand your dislike of it mate cuz like it's you can go into any multiplayer race with with anybody you want like you could set it up yourself this is just giving people, most likely people who don't have a bunch of friends to play with, like an event to go to. My expectation, and I've never been a super big online games player, especially not racing. Um, I actually really don't like online racing uh, in racing games normally. 
um, would be that I could go to that menu. You know, it's Teenage Nate. He doesn't have friends. He's in the basement. This time he has an internet connection and a non-modded Xbox so we can hop on. I would figure any, like, any type of event I wanted to, I could, like, join a public lobby for. And it would just, like, spin one up, find some players. We'd all get going. So how Forza worked in the past was kind of that. It was, like, you would search through a list of lobbies and i think there was some official ones like uh Mm -hmm. the forza game had set up like oh this is a class and it's going to cycle through these tracks and you guys the lobby can vote to skip certain tracks if they don't like it or whatever but it would just always go and it was kind of the same thing but then also there was a way that you could host a private match but allow the public to see it in the queue and join yeah. it. And I really enjoyed that, but I think that was from an era of online gaming that has passed. Like, Yeah, lobby browsing, not so much a thing anymore, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's what I grew up with, so that's I was comfortable with that, but it just doesn't happen very often anymore, so. Yeah, I guess I'm just not accustomed to this, like, here are the 12 events we've Given well, you, enjoy well, trying those, to keep modern games are trying to always keep themselves alive as like a live service game. Yeah. I feel like that's what they're trying to make sure that there's a, a small hopper of races that there's always going to be people racing into instead of this massive list that there's lots of people not racing in. Yeah, the list I, wasn't ever very massive, <laughs> didn't have a lot makes of total players. I, I, I just my feelings on the multiplayer have really soured with the stability and kind of just, um, well, I shouldn't, I should clarify, like I really enjoy playing the multiplayer. So, but I just, I I guess I find myself in the position of video game fandom that I'm so often don't understand, which is I played 130 hours of this and I'm suddenly shocked and dismayed and bitter that there's not infinitely more of it. Like, I, I don't know why I had that expectation. I don't know why I'm being that person. That's just kind of how I'm feeling about it. But that's the thing. There, there is infinitely more if you just set it Wait up. Wait a week until the update. No, I mean, like, you could just host any race on any track with any cars. There well, as long is, as my friends are around. There is an Xbox community support option where you can make a post, say that you're looking for a group. And you can kind of do the same thing as like lobby browsing a little bit. And hasn't Discord kind of solved that for most people anyway, too? Like, there's tons of communities you could just join and get into whatever races you wanted to. So So maybe that has part of it, too. I think part of what you don't like about the online Forza experience is a problem that online Forza has had since it came out. And that's that honestly a lot of the players aren't very good myself included and it's hard it's hard to race clean and in forza there's just very little done about someone that accidentally hits you on a corner and ruins your race and it was totally unintentional versus someone that dive bombs you from 200 yards back and just meant to ruin your race there's not much done to separate those two whereas gran turismo does really penalize people pretty hard for that and from the videos that i've seen of people playing that if you're a generally pretty clean driver you're gonna get matched up with other clean drivers for the most part and that 
So I feel like it's the case here. I don't, I mean, they're doing a better job of it now than they used to. There used to be no penalty. Like you could just go into any lobby you want and just massacre people and then just join another one and do the same thing. (laughs) And, um, if you look at games like, uh, what is it? iRacing, you have to pay money to play it like a subscription and they make a huge deal about the safety rating. They make you like read the, in the rules of racing. And then if someone thinks that you hit them intentionally, they can send it to be reviewed and then you can get banned from your subscription that you paid for, for a certain amount of time. If it was deemed that you were driving That's awesome. wrong. Yeah, not a lot of that energy here, which is interesting because <laughs> no. this, this isn't a free-to-play game either, but it has kind of like free-to-play feeling problems. Uh, it is on Game Pass, so that is something to consider oh, that's a good point. with yep. that. Um, yeah, the penalty system is pretty crazy. I had heard all the complaints about that, and I was kind of like, whatever, from my career uh, stupor, but it is pretty, it's a real big bummer having that happen on the track and being like, well, I guess I lose now. it's interesting i have an interesting like no i could have a better word i have a i don't know how to explain this there's a bit of like a slot machine mentality that i have where oh i did i did an oopsie (laughs) and it's like what's gonna happen and things spinning around and i'm just waiting it's like oh i didn't do an oopsie robbie crashed into me it turns out with the back (laughs) of his car <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. and like sure. I mean, I've seen videos where Gran Turismo gets it wrong too, but it seems like Gran Turismo in the videos I watch at least gets it wrong a whole lot less than Forza does. Yeah, I I've definitely seen it get it wrong. I've also seen it get it right. I think it's an interesting system, but I don't think they nailed it. Um and obviously in a game as you do, you put all these hours into tuning your car and everything like that, some of these races are a whole lot of laps it can be infuriating and i can understand people getting real angry at it not working the way it's supposed to the flip side is it's not like you have like a a very prominent ranking that you're like advancing you're not really like leveling up your profile so it's not like there's too much to lose except your time when you get totally screwed over it's kind of just like yeah you don't have a like a badge or anything but you do have an a racing rating i guess and that's true the one that appears next to your rating. name although yeah. like the safety rating is, yeah. And that's you get like that's, a group safety rating in a multiplayer thing, which is really complicated. Yeah. And that's and directly tied into the multiplayer mode you're talking about. And I am very much not convinced that those numbers matter. I, and it's hard to find them. Like you see them in one place, but they're not really presented. You don't get like a meaningful, like, like a loot box opening animation when your score goes up. Like that's Pavlovianly true. But, but also like... like we've gone into some races where people are just like lapping us like drastically better than us. And yeah, like, how yes. did that matchup happen? I, I, I think that's the root of my multiplayer. Like sadness is that it doesn't like, it's the, it's the opposite of rocket leagues, like perfected ranking system where I don't feel like I'm up against comparable players whatsoever. Maybe that's because we play as a group. Like that do you play be. alone, Robbie. Does it feel better in that regard? Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I'm alone, I can usually have pretty good competitive races. Interesting. But, okay. But I I look at my my rating and my rating personally versus our group rating usually doesn't differ much. 
In fact, huh. the group rating makes it go up usually, which would mean that our opponents would be better. So maybe I'm just bad and I get bad people with I I feel stupid, but I never even connected. The safety rating is supposed to be like literally one to one with your ranking in the multiplayer events. I wonder now that you say that, I wonder if that's on purpose so you can't like boost people. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, it takes it to the lowest level. Like multiple people are gonna have a higher rating because then you don't like, you know. I thought of the safety rating as sort of like used for only enforcement or bans or something. I didn't really think that it was being used to matchmake me. Is no, that... it it is being used to okay. matchmake you. Now that you say that, that makes total sense. So then, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we should do some experiments where we can get only S people together and then the other friends, which aren't as good. Yes, we should segregate by skill level for sure. <laughs> no, not even skill, just safety rating. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Well, you just kind of told me that those are sort of the same thing as far as Forza's multiplayer rating goes. Well, they are separate numbers, at least. They're separate scales. Before we completely move on from Rivals being great, though, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, are we really, in 2024, going to yes. talk about how a time trial ghost kicks ass like really like there could be actual more to that mode than what it's just ghost time trial laps and pitch, pitch me an idea they're what not even got? served up very well and that's i don't know if that's the modes problem it's just the the game's menu is a horrible netflix nightmare but <laughs> like just trying to like there's no like hey find fucking races that my friends did and make it's like no oh, you go yeah. into each track and figure out what yeah. your friends did and it's that like is... i don't care about anybody other than my friends so and also like why can't we live rivals it even like almost rhymes sort of live you you kind of can it will hot update if your friend is lapping the same setup like an e-class uh, well, there's a friday can... night that i want Interesting. but i i would prefer it to be an actual like race where you're both ghosts you're on the track at the same time and you're just going at it like that oh, would yeah. be a rivals mode that i would love you can set that up actually you can set what? it up to where the point of the race is fastest lap you can set it up to where multiple people are in it and there's no contact that is the thing that you can do i believe but i bet they don't actually save to the actual rivals no mode, do they, they? Will not. that's that's it, what it I'm must like. be for that event like that's, that's what the, I was expecting when you guys were talking about rivals, and I was like, "Oh, we're just we're just setting laps, and it's a, it's a leaderboard." You're, you're talking you're about into a leaderboard. something really like my my favorite part of Forza One, and this is a, a hazy memory from childhood. Basically, was that you could do different modes, and it would save your best lap ghosts from all those modes. And I vividly remember going through every track and every class combination and making sure I had a kick-ass lap time set. And I could also be contributing to like other career goals, other like senses of progression in that game that this game totally lacks. Like Rivals is really fun, totally. But you're so right that it's so hard to figure out what have I done? I can only contribute it to it in this one extremely specific mode that takes a while to get into and isn't really easy to upgrade my car front. Like there's just so, so much friction, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hit that same high for me. And I did have fun with it. I, I the little bit I did with it, I had fun with it. But like, it's so again, my compulsion is going to be I'm going to go against Nate in the Connecticut track 400 laps and then eventually I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I, wish, I can't I wish we could de- devote that much to does. it. And that's where, I, I, back to the multiplayer mode that you didn't like, that's where I had the most fun because just jumping on, it's like, oh, we have this fun race where we all have similar cars or the same car or whatever. Like, let's go. Like, because we could just say, oh, let's all get a D-class car and go here or something like that, but that's not really the same. Um, so I liked that structure to have a quick night together with the boys and shit like that. And I do like that you're leveling up those cars. Like, that is appealing. That's not that common in multiplayer. That's the most fun I like had that. with this game was was the that multiplayer, and for for our group to have that many people jumping into a racing game, yeah, it was very it was kind of crazy to me. Yeah, Th- there is something here. No, I I will just I'll go out and say it. Maybe we're supposed to save this till the end, but I do like this game quite a lot. Um, I, I know Polly said it earlier, but <laughs> kind of the only thing I have to say about it. Other than I like it is the ways to improve it, which kind of feels bad. But I mean, we were just talking about the rivals mode and I would say probably 200 plus hours of my 260 or so hours of this game is playing rivals. And I think it's great, but I also wish I could just go in and find uh, laps that my friends have set and do that. I wish I could tune while I was doing it, like go into the pit or something. Um, I wish it had, this is actually a a topic I threw in at the end, but um, so Gran Turismo has really robust and like powerful tools for its time trial system. It can, you can load any ghost you want from the leaderboards. I mean, technically you can do that with uh, rivals as well, but it has options to set up like um, whole lap ghosts, sector ghosts, um, offsets for like how far ahead of the, ahead of you, the ghost is. Um, It also keeps track of your best time overall total. It keeps track of your best sector times if you want to like look at that versus your your best lap time. It just if you're really trying to fine tune where you need to gain some time and a lap to like just set your absolute best fastest lap, it's got almost all the tools you'd ever want to do that. But in rivals mode in Forza, it's kind of like a just like a game mode. And it doesn't have those things, which is interesting because it, it, it is a good game mode, but I wish it had some of those things and that some, Gran Turismo some of the, does. Some of the things I wanted to do with it, I did figure out how to do it, but it was really clunky. Like I wanted, all right, Nate's taking this corner strange. I want to find out what's going on. And there is a way to get into his replay and like see the throttle and braking and things like that. But, I had no idea that that And existed. it's not easy to find. And after I found it, I was like, where the fuck? How do I do that again? Like, it was never, like, clear. So, so it's very specific. You have to be looking at the leaderboard from the menu. You cannot be looking at the leaderboard from the post-race uh, menu okay, because right. that one won't work. Yeah, I mean, that's a tool that you need to be able to use if you're trying to, like, get information to increase the lap time or decrease to, to make a lap better. And it is, it, I like, why can't you just look at that information from the post race menu? 
why can't you load a replay there, you know? It's hard when Gran Turismo exists. So much of this game is so good, but so small that it really invites comparisons. Yeah, I, like, well, I mean, yeah, it is. It's the fight, right? Unfortunately. It's the fight, but I don't ever remember it feeling this like... One-sided? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I, uh, Polly, can you explain Netflix menus? <laughs> Uh, you wait yeah i mean you, what, most, a lot what, of games have that now it's the tiled menus it's the entire oh, the career mode banners. is just a netflix menu i see is that what they're called that's funny was that I kind mean, of the first interface that did that i don't know it's call of duty did the same exact thing uh and they get heat for that all the time it's like one of the first things i noticed i was like oh this is what we're doing now that's um, funny yeah, I feel like any media interface, like Steam's library view is that, like, yeah. I mean, th I've I've seen tons of comparisons to Gran Turismo and to, to all the other racing games. Uh, can I just interrupt? Is is this your comparison chicane? This is the comparison <laughs> chicane. Excellent. Where, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of people comparing Gran Turismo 7 um, because PlayStation and Xbox, but... Gran Turismo 7 is coming to PC at some point, correct? That was a rumor, and it seems unlikely to actually okay. be the case. That's unfortunate. Because but... I Google that every day. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a, a, a big part of it, I think. Um, the Just the availability, the fact that it's Game Pass. Yeah, so definitely. many more people can play Forza Motorsport without risking much more than either a free trial or $9 a month or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, it's so much, it's so easy to devalue it, but we've talked multiple times about how there's not really much to the game, but it's really hard for me to compare. I have to compare it to Automobilista too, because that's what I played first <laughs> in this series uh -huh. of, of, sim racing if if that's what we're calling it and i uh, loved the way that felt also that was in vr um so that's definitely part of it but the first problems i had with forza was the way the cars felt because they start you off with a lot of assists on and it feels very strange to drive at least coming from ms2 but even after i set it up um without like turn support and whatever all these things are um i still find even to this point driving slow cars is not fun in this game and that's one of my biggest problems with upgrading these cars um i i've tried so many times to like drive a, around a course at 40 to 60 miles an hour which should be completely possible in these cars and they're 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 understeery messes. They just slide right off of a fucking regular, like not even ninety degree turn. It's so fucking weird. And comparing that to AMS two, that's what I like a lot about that game. There's so much grit, and this is weird too because AMS two had a lot of flack before I played it. There was an update right before I got it that made it a lot the grip a lot better and the cars feel better. But th that car that game feels great driving slow cars around a track, but. I'm not a good sim car racer, so when I pull up a fucking formula car or a GT4 car or something like that, I'm terrible and I fly off the fucking track. So I'm also not good at it, 
but just based off my feel as being a very, very amateur racing game person, I didn't like the feel of Forza until I got fast cars, and I immediately liked the feel of AMS2 with slow cars. Historically in Gran Turismo, I'm also pretty bad. I feel like the brakes, it's hard to compare because this was before analog braking, so it's like brakes always felt weird to me in those games where it's like you just got to time it, I guess. Especially the braking test from, I think, Gran Turismo 2 was, like, one of my biggest challenges. It's, like, it's like a, a pretty much a, like, um, <laughs> heavy rain braking or something like that. <laughs> Jason? <laughs> um, it's weird. I do think now after playing it for a while after getting used to the intricacies and custom tuning and figuring out that for some reason it sets a dead zone on your controller by default and things like that and even put in this extent because i remembered i had an extended analog stick for my controller so now i have the long stick on there feels much better and now i really like the feeling of forza motorsport 7 i don't think it necessarily feels realistic especially considering I was able to drive fast cars really well um, in our most recent race. That was a surprise very to me. unrealistic. Seven was actually the last game, Polly. Um, yes. And I find that really interesting because I love driving slow cars. I, I got confused because GT7 is... Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, I really like being better than the car, I think I was explaining to Ryan. Oh. Um, I don't like it's that the car is, corner. I don't like that the car is better than me. So I like pushing like an E class or a D class to the absolute limit to get every last tenth out of. And I really struggle with the faster cars. I mean, you saw that we played last night in a Forza P1 category, and I I had a really hard time. I'm I lose control of them really quickly and I just can't recover them. And I think that the slower cars, uh, at least for my driving style, they are more fun because I can kind of hold them a little bit better. I don't know. Is but this I, an oversteer understeer issue? Uh, no, I don't think so. Cause I can generally tune any car to how I like it, but it doesn't matter like I can get an S class exactly how I like driving, which is I I tend to like understeer a little bit more, but it's still harder for me to get enjoyment out of. Have people said all the Forza series are understeery, or is that more specific to eight? I'm not sure. Okay. I didn't know the term understeer until very recently. So, <laughs> yes, it's where cars don't turn good, right? Uh, yeah i've seen Um, so many of these videos comparing all of this stuff too some of them are kind of insane by the way if you want to go into some i saw one that blamed the bad understeery physics of forza motorsport on the 401k company that turn 10 studio works with because they have (laughs) bad political views and they wanted to make sure the game was accessible and that's why the game feels bad that sounds Uh, straight out of the sim fandom yeah (laughs) Uh, good grief so there is one thing that i know about 
uh, it's a, a quirk of Forza's engine, and it it holds true to this game. So in the online meta that's focused on going the fastest, there's a weird like lift, uh, like car rotation thing for the corners. <sighs> Let me see if I can explain this. So when you're going into a corner like mid corner if you need to turn a little bit more you lift off the throttle and something about how the forza engine handles that it really gives you some kind of unnatural grip to rotate the car a little bit more and that's apparently been the meta for like high level forza play for quite a while and it continues with this game that's also another i know you alluded to it earlier but another um, strike against where they they say over and over and over again that this game was built from the ground up. That's another like conspiracy theory thing that I've heard that they just reused a bunch of stuff to make this game. Well, that is one thing I I did see. I don't know how accurate it is, but a lot of people are like this car model was used directly from either Forza Horizon or something else. Yeah, I don't think like that's necessarily look- against saying the game is built from the ground up either. Like we just imported some more cars in here. I mean, like people are like hope- the cars, like these cars are straight lifts. They look terrible. And it's kind of wild to hear people say that. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree, but it, it seems like there's a lot of people making that claim and I don't know the validity of it, but I have heard it multiple times. But the the like lift to rotate your car more yeah. is definitely yeah, that's up really there. interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that against you. That's your secret on those uh, Hakone hot laps. Well, I yeah, if know. you want to go faster, absolutely, you have to do that. Are you are you saying that you don't get let off the throttle in corners? No, never. It's really gas the whole time. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm a Simcade guy. It's a huge mistake. <laughs> I have found uh, that you can do some sarcastic. fun things with the e-brake that should not be possible in a real game. Such as what? A real game. <laughs> Such yeah. as what? Uh, or in real race. Well, just like if you're in trouble, I've found myself being able to tap on the handbrake and like regain control of my car, which I feel is oh, counterintuitive. Oh, you definitely. To find That's trouble. Interesting. Like you're losing control, like back I'm and forth. To, like, uh, I'm understeering, so I'm going to exit a corner or something like that. I can tap the handbrake, kick the ass end out a little bit, battle that understeer. It doesn't feel realistic. It feels more arcadey, but it does work, and I don't lose a whole lot of speed doing it, where I feel like you would lose a lot of speed doing it. Okay. Oh, you're talking about just getting out of understeer and kicking your buns out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I was thinking you were like talking about like uh, like you're being, uh, what do you call it when a cop pushes your pit maneuvered? And you just tap oh. the handbrake and you're back on track. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's like, yeah, somebody's pit maneuvering me. I tap the handbrake. It's actually an EMS and their car shuts off. <laughs> I go forward. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you mentioned Automobilista's VR support. Think there's any chance this game ever gets VR support? No, I really wished there was. I would play this game a whole lot more if... That was there, I think. <sighs> I the, I really like playing games in dash dashboard. What do you call it? Cockpit. But this game seems almost impossible to do without any kind of real 
working notification of cars around you. Like other games I've played, like even Automobilista and other games I've seen have some sort of a car radar or like something radar, like that. Radar, yeah. And this one just doesn't. It has those error arrows, but they don't work in cockpit mode like they're supposed to. Really? Well, I've never experienced that. Yeah, like it's weird. Like sometimes you come up and somebody's in front of you and it looks like they're behind you. Huh. It's very confusing. And I find you have to like move your head around a lot, which is something I hate to do in cockpit mode, um, <laughs> unless it's VR. But yeah. That could be because I was spoiled from VR mode, but I feel like there should just be some better way to. It doesn't. The, the inside of the car looks good, but the feeling for where your car is doesn't feel good to me. Like, Correct. Yeah, I agree. Again, yeah, I could I've, be spoiled from VR, though. So, Well, when I first started this game, I wanted to try cockpit mode. Like, I defaulted to cockpit because I, I was playing a lot of iRacing. I play, well, not a lot, but I was playing iRacing. I was playing um, Assetto Corsa, and those, you're almost limited to that, or you might be limited to that, if I recall correctly. And so I, I wanted to play this game in cockpit mode as well. And there was one race early on, early on when I was playing at um, Laguna Seca, the short version. And I just could not, it was a right-hand drive car. And I, for some reason, I just kept hitting this wall on the right because I thought I had more room. I could not feel where the edge of the car was. I couldn't feel where I was going to hit. I couldn't feel like how close to the wall I was. It was, mm -hmm. it was a big problem and it, it yeah. kind of led to why I don't play in cockpit anymore. Yeah. I, and multiple times I kept trying to play in cockpit and I would like find my, there was one race with Ryan where I found myself like half the race, I would go into cockpit mode and then the half where Ryan always caught up, I would change into, chase cam mode yeah yes <laughs> totally <laughs> same um because it sounds really good and it looks really good but yeah it just doesn't quite feel i don't know i can't place my finger on what it is but i wish it was better same um so the reason why i put vr support on the the dock was that gran turismo surprise we're gonna talk about this we're again. back um Gran Turismo has great VR support through the PSVR. Yeah, it's headset. the only game for the PSVR. Oh, that's good. well, I mean, and, they did and, a great job. And yeah. great support with PSVR 2 is uh, also a sentence that could flare up some uh, opinions and things like that, too. <laughs> well, I, I just mean it works really well with the yeah. game. That's, I don't yeah. know anything about how that thing has problems but um yeah i was thinking to myself that if i wanted to build a, a sim rig to have fun like and race seriously and play in vr why wouldn't i just get a playstation gran turismo oh nice wheel and pedals and then a psvr and i mean that's all you really need to do you don't have to do you don't have to do all the sim racing like oh i'm gonna tweak this setting and change my dll file and find like scour this form for the right settings for uh bmw e30 you know m3 for this hey wheel now. and this is three pc I mean, gamers you're talking sacrilege <laughs> no no I, no I, like, I mean, i've done those things sony sony knows this i mean they just fanatech just put out a playstation license gran turismo direct drive wheel direct like drive baby. Right? they have they have a niche there that people are going to take advantage of i feel like if fanatech could right. actually 
ship anything. But, <laughs> Whoa. Um, but yeah, I, like I'm not disparaging that. I have done all those things to get games to work. But as a father now and with a career, I'm, I'm just teasing and, you, you know, yeah. it's just as someone with a life, like it's it's harder to do. Yeah, and absolutely. You just spend the I don't know what what, what would that cost a thousand dollars maybe, and you don't even need a good TV. You just a monitor to run the menu to get to the headset part, and then you've spent maybe a thousand dollars and you're having a phenomenal sim racing experience that's well, hard to be grand turismo may or may not be a sim robbie um it's a whole lot more of a sim than forza is i think oh well that's I mean, the whole question if it's if we're talking about sim mechanics or if we're talking about like there's more to the game for sure there's more modes and things like that from what i understand I'm starting to think this should be a comparison podcast. Yeah, maybe. But but I also think they're probably pretty similar in their mechanics and the things that they don't excel at. Like I feel like iRacing fans and things like that might look down on Gran Turismo similarly to Forza as far as that's yeah. concerned. But perhaps. But also a lot of people that play iRacing and also play a set of Corsa. Like, iRacing is really hard. I was surprised by how easy AMS 2 was with VR. That's actually, if you wanted a budget sim, you already have a PC. Like, figure out a VR headset. You could get one for cheap, I'm sure, and get, like, a Camus wheel or something like that. That deal that's got the direct drive built right into the wheel. That's, like, 300 bucks or whatever. You're good to go. Yeah. A Quest will do you You don't need fun. to buy a PlayStation if you don't have one. Yeah. But, yeah, I've never I've never messed with AMS, but but it was very simple, very easy okay. to get into. I don't know about the from what I hear the the sim wheel support is there, but you do have a point that Gran Turismo. I have heard complaints about sim wheels with Forza, but I've also heard that Forza's probably better with a controller than correct yeah. GT Seven is to play. Forza so they all have really their yeah their things. I think one other thing that we brought up briefly is the the AI. Um, you kind of mentioned it in the context of like your friends showing up in races, but but not really. Um, I think the opponent AI is the same as they've ever used on any of the forces. You can dial it into whatever difficulty you want, but it does not. It. it I think the Drivatar system felt really cool in Forza one, two, three, four, five, maybe. But at this point, with all these generative AI models out there, like drivers in racing games should be an ideal use case for some sort of LLMs. And what they're positing is your friends doesn't feel like, like when I see Robbie on the track, I don't see any of Robbie's driving mannerisms. It's like, I know they say you're supposed to, but I think that's a little. Do they? Do they claim that? Prime. Yeah, the the drive Drivatar is supposed to be like represent remember back in Forza One, you could like look at your scores on every type of corner mm -hmm. and that would determine your driver Drivatar's like behavior. Yeah. It, you keep saying it, Drivatar. It I've always heard it as Drivatar. <laughs> I'm down with Drive. I thought it was Drivatar, and then I heard people say Drivatar, and I was like, okay. okay. You're listening this to English slipper. podcasts. Oh, always. Only English. Um <laughs> I yeah, I think it just feels a little past its prime. That is something that I kind of wish would. Well, if it felt like it, it did take characteristics from the previous games, but it, it doesn't feel like there's any characteristics from this game, like your first yeah. driving stuff. 
you brought yeah. up an excellent idea there though if they actually had like text like your friends saying shit is that what you meant when you said l uh, uh, no i think it, like llms would be a good thing to LLMs. actually train on driver data like i think to get relatively I think just having AI. it like I'm, we were playing Lethal Company the other night, and I literally heard a monster use Robbie's voice. I can't, like, why <laughs> would it? cool. We should be able to get that in a game like Forza, I would think. There's, it just... there's, uh, there's only been one fun and inventive thing in all of racing games' multiplayer history, and that's... Time traps. I think it was Burnout Paradise's <laughs> takedown cam, where when you took someone else down on an online race you'd see their current webcam and usually it'd be someone just like making a ridiculous face like <laughs> like basically the facial equivalent of got you bitch um and that it would show them a picture of you as you had just been taken out of the race which your face would usually be contorted in some kind of a swear which is great I there's miss, all kinds of stuff like that that i feel like is kind of i miss old multiplayer stuff yeah you and I just love those lobby browsers, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what we're hankering for. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's interesting to think about racing games as a genre. We're at this point where there is a niche for things that are perceived by the fandom to be simulators. That is acceptable. And the margin for innovation there is very small. For example, the car leveling here was not received well by the community and was attacked with such a degree of viscerality that it just really discourages any meaningful attempts at innovation in the future. Um, there is your automobilistas, your like, like there's that kind of like indie sim market that sort of exists, but also doesn't really. And your Assetto Corsa, which is by a bunch of Italians that live on an actual racetrack, as near as I can tell, like that's a one-off. I, I do want to clarify that this podcast is probably the most AMS has been brought up in ever. Automobilista has been brought up in comparison to Forza Motorsport. I don't think it's the most popular of the alternatives. But. No, certainly not. But it is. It's. I mean, it's a great thing to bring up because it does. It defeats my point a little bit that there isn't really a that big of a market like if automobilista can exist then there's a bigger market than the true doomsday scenario and then you kind of have your you have your forza horizon and your the crew sort of this aspiring live service fun happy emotion world that's sort of the antithesis of the emotional energy of the sim community you have these you have mario kart and you have a few sega knockoffs of that and any other racing game that exists has to kind of like, like, okay, oh, oh, and I forgot. You have the, your like IRL sports tie-ins. You have your WRCs, if that even survives, who knows. And you have the F1 series, which I'm sure is fine. Um, and then beyond that, there's kind of like a free-to-play rocket racing mode in Fortnite sort of free-to-play world that I think kind of, There'll always be something like that. And that's it. Like, I don't, you, you kind of have to pitch any racing game into one of those categories. Maybe I mean, the like most rocket racing thing to is... me is just an arcade racer. I mean, hot shot racing. There's a lot of indie games that kind of go for that old school drifty arcade racing. Like, Outrun I don't is think probably there are the, a lot. the one. Right. There's Hot Wheels. I mean, I guess you get one like every couple years. I mean, there's tons of indie ones, though. 
you're talking like red out and like beam ng and no i'm talking about like literally like um 16 bit to oh yeah the like retro wave style to but that's kind of what i was getting at. style arcade racing game like uh, yeah that's adventure kind of what i was getting at like, it's it feels like one of the like it was the racing genre was the first person shooter of the 90s right in that it was kind of for a hot second there it was like a dominant mode of gaming and those days like it's been sort of surpassed as a genre and it's kind of in a position where if you're going to launch a new game you kind of have to aim it at the past like our new game is this but this there's not really a lot of like ground there which i just find kind of interesting i don't know except if there's going to be that, new games except That's that call of duty is still making excellent money you know like I don't know. I, Call of Duty will be like that's a different genre, right? Like that genre, the FPS genre is relatively live and well, although it's probably entering its final stages of being wrung out in the same way racing is. Or was. That's, I'm not convinced. I feel like the reason we have all these passionate conversations about this is because people do want a really good racing game. And I think the sim community is looking for something a little different than this. Like, I don't think they would, the sim racing community would care as much about the menus or the career mode as how the car feels. And if it can feel semi-realistic with their thousand to $10,000 sim racing rig. <laughs> um, I think that's a good point. Not they necessarily what, what we're looking for in the game. Like. Well, that's some true. of them do. I mean, some of the dudes I started watching on YouTube are actual real life racers who also sim race, and they're like, "Yeah, this feels very realistic to this one specific car, and that's why I play this one specific game." I mean, I recently started watching Formula E, and they literally practice in sim racing rigs. Um, so there is some real realism possible with technology nowadays but then you're gonna to, for to really feel realistic you're gonna need actual motion to your to create the g-force and shit like that right i get very itchy when people start describing one thing as realistic and one other is not i suppose there i is, mean of course the rare case where some people... time with flight sim yeah. why is that more interesting to you than ace combat because flight sim has a vr mode <laughs> <laughs> i don't know flight sim i wanted to bring up I, originally in my conception of this podcast i was going to bring up flight sim a lot because flight sim launched in a rough place and now it's in a much better place but there's also some just more upsetting parallels there where they're like relaunching fs 2024 as like a new game that actually has game modes right so there <laughs> that could also like my metaphor could really be accurate in that sense. I wonder if that'll happen to this game. I just Maybe. think like there are communities that want all these things. I don't think they're necessarily dying. I feel like there is a shift and it might not. If, I think if there's the definitely a sim community. If the but... companies are like insisting that they need to make as much money as they would make when the market was different then that's probably not going to happen. But if small teams like Ryza with AMS or Arceta Corsa can make a career out of this, then they're going to keep doing it. And I think Forza and Gran Turismo are different. They're more macro audiences that want more. And that's what I think the biggest complaint that Forza fans have is there isn't more. 
I, I think my point was like, I totally agree with you regarding the Sim fandom. I think some of my grievances there is like what they want is incompatible with the size of the fandom. The fandom thinks of itself as rather large, but it's not large enough to support these huge budget games that they want. And that's a real problem. Um, but I, I don't, what I was talking about more is like, I don't think the market for like, like new casual racing games really exists in the same way that it once did. Yeah. I don't know if it exists at all. And what it, what it does, like what of that does exist was sort of created anew with horizon maybe. Yeah. I was going to say, well, is that actually true? Cause the horizon did pretty well, didn't it? That, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm yeah. talking about. I just think, I think the market has changed, but I don't think it's not there. I think they didn't hit it with Forza Motorsport. I'm not sure how Gran Turismo did, but I remember hearing a lot of negative things about that too, with a lot of um, purchases you had to make and things like that. And I was wondering about that. The negative feedback I heard, was that about GT Sport or was that GT7 when it launched? I thought that was GT7. Okay. What was just, the feedback? Just the I, kind I of know negative they, feedback around I launch. know they tweaked... Um, they increase the amount of money you make probably six months after the game came out mm. because people were saying that it was not quite fair. Six months. That's a way slower reaction time than <laughs> turn. It might've been even longer the... than that, actually. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not saying you're wrong, Nate, but I, I, I think I'm more hopeful that there is a possibility for there to be a uber successful casual racing game or Simcade, or whatever we want to call it. It's not necessarily a sim racer. I think Gran Turismo 7 seems like it hit better than Forza did, but I think either one of them could... I think another game could come out and take their lunch. Well, I'm glad you're challenging me on that, because my viewpoint of games' is diversity in the future is usually so positive. This is just one area where I feel like an old grizzled fan that's like, yeah, we're never going to get stuff like the old days again. I don't, And that's probably just happening. not true. I don't, really? Well, I All don't right. see it happening, no. I think the only reason we have Gran Turismo 7 and Forza Motorsport is because Sony and Microsoft are checking a box off when they're trying to sell a unit. They, they want to point to this thing and say, look, we have the racing game that your kid wants. Yeah, it's like a, it's like, like a legacy sure. part of a console launch. For yeah, sure, the, the publisher, but I feel like developers still could have things up their sleeves. I feel like somebody that works at Rockstar right now has the 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 thought in their mind that they could make a better racing game inside of the new Grand Theft Auto. But that so that <laughs> I think that Rocket Racing and GTA Online are the future of that kind of thing, and I'm just not. I think those two things are I, completely I, different. I, I agree. There are two vectors of what I think this market is going to be, like modes and some other live service, which I don't want to be too old. Maybe that's fine. But I tell you, I don't care to download Fortnite to play something. Like, like I, I, I don't know what, what the obstacle there is. I guess maybe if I heard it was phenomenal, I would do it. But I just see it as a, a novelty and a side thing. I think if you looked at numbers of people racing in grand theft auto five it probably is the most popular arcade racing game that would make sense and i'm just mad that that means i'm never getting a midnight club again i kind of want to make you guys both get 
Automobile Easter 2. I think that you'd both I really fucking like I, it. I, I, I'm going to play that with you. I, it's pure uh, um, uh, mule, mule-headedness that I haven't gotten it yet. I have an actual friend playing sim games, and I'm like, eh. That well, you did before, long. too, and then you sold the wheel. I did. Too much space. And it just wasn't fun. Like, that's not the... I, I don't want... Yeah, I, that's a whole other conversation. True, true. Let me derail the conversation. Please. Because it's been derailed for a while. Where's the music, Nate? <laughs> you talking about the fine Forza Motorsport 2023 soundtrack by... Oop, let me check. Kava Cohen and Michael Nielsen. You did point me towards that, and I was listening to it as we recorded this, but I swear I haven't heard those songs ever before, having played this game for quite some time. I agree. Time. <laughs> I've heard the menu theme. I've heard one of these other songs. How They're is pretty there, good. I've, I don't think I've ever played a racing game where there's no racing music. I think oh, this is that's, the first. Oh, I have to go back and amend my definition of what a sim is, because a sim would never have music in the in the race. <laughs> that's far too fun. So are we, because Gran Turismo seems to be hard on having some, some, no, oh, there's my answer. Choices. I actually don't, from a lot of my memories of GT, they play on the pre-race like event screen, the post-race screen, the replays, but not in the actual race itself, unless you're in like a very special mode. I know there's a music rally, which if there's anything that's commanded me to go out and buy a PlayStation, that's close to being it. You know, you know, you're making me want, go back and wonder if I actually heard these songs in the races or if it was just in the replay, and it might just be in the replay. Probably in the replay, yeah. Huh. I still yeah, think music in races is uncommon, which I feel is a shame. I still think... racing game music is the best. Yeah, there should there should be some more music here. I just feel like I don't know. We talk about music in every other in every and. Uh, racing game menu music is always good this is a solid soundtrack it's better than the last few i feel for sure three was always my favorite um but i i feel like they're used very sparingly do you remember forza motorsport one soundtrack i've probably heard it a lot but no i don't recall it was junkie xl on electric guitar doing covers of zz top songs <laughs> yeah I don't know. So I have a bit of a confession to make. I don't know anything about this game's audio because I don't listen to it. That is crazy. (laughs) I just, I, uh, I, I play in the living room and I switch my receiver to Bluetooth and I play music from my phone and I don't listen to any game audio. I, not even a combined stream it's just totally the so when i have the headset in i can tune the mixer to get a little bit of uh motor and tire noise in the headset but that it sometimes i don't wear the headset so i don't get any if you take away the sound from this game i feel like i'm playing a screensaver i I don't know why the sound is such a big (laughs) well i mean it's just motor sound and it kind of blends together with no matter what car you're in um the analog of motor sound that i'm missing is the controller vibration so i feel like i'm not missing anything 
<laughs> okay, that is fair. You're you're claiming that a vroom no is don't roughly stop, equivalent stop to stop it, Nate. Everything he's saying is nonsense. <laughs> this is sacrilege. You don't I play agree. a racing game. Ever since Super Nintendo, I've had my racing engine noise up to f- as loud as possible. No, <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel the noise in my hand. That's you have a headset. You can listen to it in your ears. I could, but I choose not to most of the time. Two thirds offended to me. But also, like, if you're gonna ever try a manual transmission, that's that's not gonna happen without the sound. No, the the controller vibrates too. <laughs> For that, it's a different vibrate. We're shaking our heads, our <laughs> listeners. So having and because we had comparisons going on, I pulled up the Gran Turismo soundtrack, and there's two different soundtracks. One of them only has like seven songs, but the other that's one the jazz is a two disc with 30, 41 tracks on one disc and 39 tracks on the other disc. This is most what you made me listen sting- to the other night? Yeah, most of them okay. are 39 to two minute long stingers. With some <laughs> so, of the Daikikasha so, remixes from GT4, which rules. So it's awesome having those, those on very streaming. Good. Yes. Um, there's way more than that in the game. though. They always have like drum and bass. Like GT soundtracks are huge. Yeah. I, I was just looking for more, I guess. And what I listened you to You wanted tonight, like a soundtrack with a personality? I still swear wasn't in the game. I, I just found it really repetitive and like, not this, yeah. Yeah, something, I think it's at, music. Something when you win a race, at least. There's nothing. It's just like <laughs> That crickets. is true. And sometimes the cars don't load in, so someone's just hopping up on the podium, you know, that same animation every time. There's no car behind them. Yeah. Did you guys have as many bugs as people were complaining about? Uh, I don't think I had as many, but I've seen some for sure. You're on a Series X, is that right? The better one, whatever yeah. that is. I, okay. I don't know anything about the game I play. Other than the uh, cinematic skips and a few crashes to menu. Um, oh, I actually, a couple multiplayer races, I fell through the earth and went into some void. That happened a during the race. Excellent. No, right be- while we're loading into the race. Okay, that's so cool. I have s- almost all of my bugs have been in private multiplayer matches. Um, yeah, there was the few races where you raced with Ripley and I, and I couldn't see you. Oh yeah, that's or, right. Or interact with you, but you could hit me. Or, yep. It was a very was cool. very strange like. Uh, yeah it was it was weird no no i could hit you but i couldn't see you and you could drive i don't remember it was it was weird very game breaking there was that other night where one of us could join and when the other joined the first person would crash and then yeah repeat. and then yeah yeah we were probably running like a 20 percent success rate for trying to it- run I had a couple of races where all the track textures unloaded. So I had to turn on track boundaries, like in the middle of a race. So I had to turn on track boundaries to see where I was even supposed to be going. But yeah. I still finished the event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of it as far as bugs go. Just visual stuff like that. I was disappointed in the performance. I upgraded to a 4070 and I can hit 70 frames on this with almost all settings on Ultra. But... Previous Forzas, I'd really hit 
like a hundred, no problem, like in horizon five. So I, I was kind of just expecting, and that was with a 2070. So I was just kind of expecting, you know, something a little more challenging than that, but this is considerably more. Did you use any of the upsampling or whatever? So that was kind of like broken on launch where you couldn't fully turn it off. So I I tried to turn some of that on to see if it really would help. And it it was kind of making no difference. So I need to go back and play with that more. Because that is something I turned on immediately and it it made it perform greatly. But I did notice the reflections in this game are weird. Like they don't, They they don't necessarily make sense sometimes. Like your rear view mirror is reflected in the track. Anybody notice that when you're in de- when you're in cockpit mode? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is true, huh? And there's some some like landmarks that reflect on your windshield, but then stay there even after it leaves. It's like, oh, yes, I have a ghost house I, now on my I, windshield. I remember <laughs> racing around the brickyard. Like certain objects will just suddenly pop into your rear windshield, like randomly. Oh, uh, you made me remember some bugs that I forgot about. Uh, in the first probably week or so of the game, um, single player events, I would get like weird flashes of shadows around my car, and sometimes they just wouldn't go oh. away. So I would just have like a strobing shadow until I restarted the event. It was pretty. <laughs> That's cool. good. It That's was pretty good. Quite distracting. Well, should we wrap this up? Yeah, it looks like we didn't get to talk about postmodernism, which is always a disappointment. Well, <laughs> I was kind of just, I, that's a tentative connection. I, I, just this idea of like racing, this is true of a lot of media, but it feels like extra true of racing games. It's hard to imagine the future without going into the past. And that's a, another telltale sign of a postmodern culture. Like all these reboots of old games, like trying to recapture the glory of X game, but a little more modern. Um free-to-play modes like media inside other media just kind of thinking about how maybe racing is the most postmodern genre yeah if you define it like that i mean what is like 98 percent of the cars you drive are old or from the past you know whoa that's true outside of the created tracks which are phenomenal by the way way better than real tracks yeah well I wish Forza had more of the like Gran Turismo fun track energy. Like, like what? Take me through a national park. Like wasn't oh, there was a Yosemite okay. track in GT4? Those like the desert highway. The, just like remember even in Forza 7, there was that crazy Swiss like mountain. Oh, that yeah, was that was fun. beautiful. Uh, I think it was four maybe had um, point to point racing. Yeah, tracks. the hill climb. Yeah, those are really, really I cool. I really miss the hill climb. Yeah, I that's what it was called. Some of my funnest memories was just blasting up and down those. Another totally. great night to get into is watching YouTube uh, graphical comparison videos of Gran Turismo oh, 7 yeah. and Forza Motorsport, just the tracks. Apparently, <laughs> like, it, I've never seen Where's somebody so upset that they don't have the signatures on the finish line. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, what track? When you yeah, what track? I don't know enough about racing for that, but it is uh, fun to watch. Funny. I just you. don't. I just can't care about that. I don't think. As yeah, you're that's... as you're going by it, <laughs> not quite the point for me personally. But I, 
the efforts they go to to like line up the like side by sides are pretty cool. Yeah. Wait, wait. How can we've gotten this far with in this podcast without talking about why the Nordschleife doesn't exist? Yeah, that's why a there's no it, what is it F F D Miata F N Miata? It's not I forget FN. which one. I forget which one it is. But there's like a, a iconic Miata that doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, the Lotus the Elise is not in this game. Yep. Um, the Nordschleife is really the like. The one I can't get past. It breaks yeah, my heart. Road Atlanta, one of the best tracks. Yep. I don't understand. It, I don't know if it's just me, but Laguna Seca is terrible in this game. Maybe I'm just bad at it and I'm salty about it, but I... You, you just Laguna hate Seca, that short layout. Uh, no, I don't like racing any car there. It used to be one of my favorite tracks in almost any game, but I just something about it... Uh, maybe it's just me being bad, but... I just despise it in motorsport. Um, yeah, I mean, I, find I get the track selection disappointing, except for Hakone and uh, Maple Valley. Maple Valley's great. Um, I'm loving Lime Rock a lot. Um, let's see what else. Mid Ohio is great. You guys probably what? don't like it, but I like Miami. No, I don't like the. I like Miami. Circuits. I like they're ugly. I, they are ugly, but I I still like them. I didn't notice anything wrong with Laguna Seca, but I don't know. I just That's like just... the weird corkscrew turn thing. Um, I have like a strange, I, although I don't know if I like the track at all or if it's in this game now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, Watkins Glen. I, I have an affinity for that because we had a slot racing track that was Watkins Glen themed uh, growing up. Whoa, that's fun. The like the layout with like the 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 kink in one corner, I guess, so to speak. I don't know how to Oh, it wasn't exactly realistic. I think part of it went up on the wall, but it was slot what? racing. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that part of Watkins Glen. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but I don't like no tracks that much. Having uh, turning 40 in this year, I'm just recently considering getting into racing. Um, so this is the first step. It's I'm part, not the worst um, midlife is, crisis I've ever is, heard of. This is Wait, sort what? of like my um, uh, my name is Paul, um, a, a questioning sim racer. <laughs> oh okay that's uh, your... yeah i was confused are you were you talking about getting into autocross or just sim racing i don't know i don't know oh, yet okay. we'll find out i suppose well, if you want to you spend a come lot back of money and... go for autocross <laughs> or any kind of real i see polly as a lemons kind of guy don't you oh i think we could all do great we should uh we need to get you back for a djing episode related to other midlife crises mm. <laughs> There's plenty of them to plenty of hobbies to try out, I suppose. There sure are. What do I have to uh, put the first nail in this one or what? Yeah, let's let's hear what you have to say. I'm not sure that why that was your metaphor, but oh, no. I'm ready. <laughs> I like playing this game with friends. This game is not doing anything to make me want to play it much more than that. But to play it with friends, I have to play this game more. 
It's a strange Whoa. relationship that almost feels abusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish there was a way I could rent a car and tune it somehow for multiplayer mm. only, maybe. Yeah. Because um, that's the enjoyment I've been getting out of this. There's, I, I would rather play AMS 2, and that's a, it's not really Forza's fault that I got that game first, and it could just be that I got that game first and I got used to its physics first. I'm not really sure. I don't know enough about racing games to know the difference. Um, I do feel like this is more understeery, which I don't necessarily like. I feel like the cars grip the road more realistically in that game. That's an important thing for me in any kind of a realistic racer. I would probably have more fun playing hot shot racing if I wanted to play something that wasn't realistic. I, actually, I would. I've been having a great... Check out hot shot racing. That game is dope. Um, Who's that even by? I don't know. It's indie. It's not mostly. by the same studio that makes hot shot golf, right? No. No. Okay, great. Isn't, that, isn't Sony involved in that somehow? I think so. Everybody's golf it's... was the last hot shot golf. Right. It got a new name, right? Lucky Mountain Games and Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital can make a good racing game. Um, um, where's Lucky Mountain? All right. That's a whole other podcast. There's just not that much to it, though. Like, I feel like I could really get into this game hard if they they gave me something to bite into. But they're not definitely. If the, You know what? I recently started getting into Formula E. If there was one Formula E car, this could change my entire outlook on this game. <laughs> That's how fickle I could be about this. If they gave me a way to learn about these cars more than just driving them. I don't know if that's what this game is about. <sighs> they do have a couple Volkswagens. I, I do like to drive cars that I've driven in real life, so that's interesting. I had some fun with that. It's I just don't know. I just don't know why I'm, I want to rate this game as low as I want to rate it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wish there was there was more game here. I feel like they did a great job eventually of making me enjoy the way the cars feel. But it took too long to get to that point for me to like it a lot. Again, it sounds sort of like an abusive relationship. So I'm going to give it a <laughs> two out of five. And I want Ooh. them to do much better on the next game. Uh, I... I don't think that needs to make it take 12 years, though. Um, I could go for less cars and more game. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. What do you think, Robbie? <laughs> um, I think this game is good. I really enjoy it. It's given me a lot of fun. It's I won't say it's everything I wanted because it is missing a lot of things that I want, but I enjoy it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think it feels good. It feels like Forza, but I enjoy how Forza feels. Um, I wish I could play it on VR, but that's a Xbox problem. That's not the game's fault. Um, let's see. Wish it was more stable, but it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, I like it. I 
put the most hours of our entire friend group in it. Um, it works really well for me. I can wake up before the kids and play for a half an hour while my wife drinks coffee and gets ready for work. Um, I can have some drinks later at night and play with the boys and have a good time and argue about whether or not cars are made of metal. Um, <laughs> it's it, it has that draw. Cause I, I like the way the rivals rivals gamifies time attack just enough to really hook me. Um, and that's mostly been the hook for this game. Uh, it feels great. And um, I enjoy playing it. I don't know if I'm going to give it one out of ten, but wait, do we have to? Yeah, no, uh, no, but you should. You don't have no. to. Out of five, out of anything, make up a number. I system. mean, one out of ten. My enjoyment is like an eight, eight and a half. Uh, do I think the game, the game might be like a six or a five? That's a really good rating duality. I just realized this is season four. We could have gone anywhere. We could have like compared it to a fruit or vegetable. We didn't have to go with numbers again. <laughs> How do you think Forza Motorsport compares to a lawsuit for slipping on a banana peel in 1928? <laughs> Was there some precedent that year? Yeah, from 1910 to 1930, the uh, leading cause of insurance fraud was banana peel related slips and falls and there were like lawyers that specialized in this is that I think why that's it turns a meme out, yeah i think it turns out that's where the looney tunes thing came from that's which great. Is nuts. mario kart as well yeah oh yeah that's nintendo hilarious. was already a company um i i think i share your same fears that uh racing games like this may not be get made in the future but Honestly, I had a lot of fun with Forza 7 until they stopped me from being able to play that, so I, I could have continued to have fun with that game. I like your idea of the dual rating systems. That's uh, it's very good. Um, I liked this game enough to love this game, but there's not enough here to love, <laughs> which is the... I was workshopping how, how to say that for a lot of this episode. Um I I really liked a lot of what I saw and kind of projected my past experiences with how much of Forza there was. And then I suddenly found myself like pretty much done with the game and was a little bit like, whoa, disoriented by that. I really hope there's a lot more coming. I hope this is, I just really see this as kind of like a Flight Sim 2020, a really solid platform that has really interesting feeling things, but it's kind of miserable to like actually use it and play it. Okay, that's it's like a little too strong. It's not miserable, but there's just like so much missing. Like in Flight Sim, it's like you made a great engine, but you forgot to put like game modes on top of it. And I, and for here, it's a little bit of that, but a little more like where's the passion? Like where where is any amount of like car culture coming into this? Those things have always been more Gran Turismo's bag. So in a strange way, going through this period so intensely has really made me want to play Gran Turismo, which is a bummer because I don't actually like playing Gran Turismo games. I don't like the way they feel. I don't like how like arcadey they are, but I love everything else about them. And I wish just like 20% of that would make its way back into this game. Um, I feel like I've really enjoyed my time with it. Nine out of 10 on the enjoyment spectrum, but as a game... Yeah, I gotta agree. It's like a five or a six. 
So how do those average out? What's your I guess final that's a score? solid seven point five. Oh, with my heart, it's it's the enjoyment. That's how I'm gonna rate it. Yeah, it's I not a great a game, but I, I, if I had to, I'd, I'd give it an eight, eight and a half. I, I'll agree. I've had a great time with it. It's just hard to reward a game. It's hard for me to reward a game that it didn't didn't bring what I wanted it to. So there's something about this thing that I was hoping we would discover in this episode that just like invites these comparisons, and I can't quite. Maybe it's just how bare bones it is. But I, I played 120 hours. That's not bare bones, so it's not quite that simple. No. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, does a racing game have to be more than racing cars? Fast car go burr. Fast car do I mean, go burr. Let me look up and see how much time unless, I have. <laughs> unless in, you're Ravi, then fast car go yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, let me see how much time I have in Beam and G because there is literally no game there, and That's I have put in true. Oh, it says I've only put in nine hours, but that seems wrong. I've definitely played more than that. That's about what I've put into Beam and G. Maybe maybe more like fifteen. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did, what did I do? I played nine hours of nothing. I just drove a car into a wall for nine hours. I don't I mean, believe that you drove for more than five minutes at a time without crashing in that game. That's yeah, true. my so, it's more of a crashing simulator for me in that in that respect, which is a whole other thing. I don't even think BMG BMG recently has become a racing game, but it wasn't always. Correct. Have they actually patched in like modes and stuff? Yeah, they're it. So I've heard from some sim racers that BMG might have one of the best car on tarmac feels as far as like close to real life as any simulator but they just never bothered making an actual track uh, i mean they're still developing it right yeah but i i mean like all the early maps were like environments rather like like slices of a world rather than any kind of racetrack yeah yeah that's correct so is there racetracks now should um, that be our post automobilista experience there is one in there i think it's a not a modded map or like a community created map it's actually made by bmng yeah who am i kidding we should be downloading freaking the norge life for bmng that should be our life there's good a set of course mods for that mm. there's a series that i bounced off very hard from how bad the menu was <laughs> i love how of course is worse than bmng I love how no, our but, podcast about Forza is about. There was so little to talk about else. that we started talking about other games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you guys hear? Pal World is uh, has so many concurrent <laughs> players they had to summon an emergency meeting with Epic because it broke their backends. Pal World, Nate. We can't just start doing game news updates. We have to end this All episode. Right. All right, we got to close out. It was wonderful talking to you too. Thank you for bringing me closer and yet no closer to understanding my complex soup of emotions about this game. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, welcome to season four. I'm excited to to share some more games with you and I hope to hear from you folks. If we have yes. any listeners. I don't have we anything have some. interesting to say. Do you have play anything with, uninteresting to say? Play with just music. You don't need to hear the car. Let us know how Robbie's a fan favorite so we can get him back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've only done two, and they were about 
games where you drive things so i did link the games yeah that yeah all right everybody until next time talk to you later bye